Welcome to the Authentic Conviction Podcast. As all of you know, we are doing our absolute best to put a great message out for people to not only do a hard search in, in their souls and their minds and their hearts on who they are as a person uh, that ultimately makes them better for others, but uh, you know, bringing people in that can share their stories. And today, we've got a treat because uh, not only is this is this a friend of mine, um, an associate, uh, I would say basically now a, a total business partner in many facets, but an absolute visionary. And it's funny because we had our first meeting in 2016 in my basement when, uh, when he was sharing this vision of what is now one of the best breweries in the Midwest. And I'm, trust me, I'm a common sewer. I know, uh, Sonder Brewing and we have Justin Neff with us today and uh, we are delighted to have him and excited to, uh, unpack a lot of stuff. So, uh, welcome Justin. Yeah. Thanks for having me. What's up? Well, uh, we're, we're going to get after it. We're, I, we're, I'm getting the chills right now because I'm already knowing how much good content we're going to get today. And we have an over This could be many, dangerous, by the way. It's going it's, to be. It's going to be. <laughs> and for those that don't see anything, because obviously this is a podcast, there may or may not be a couple pint glasses and three cans of beer in front of us. Um, because how do you talk to... Where'd the fourth go? Don't don't ask questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the, the, those of you that, that don't don't understand um, uh, when you're doing a, a podcast with a, with a man that's a, that's a beer legend uh, and then a beer drinker like me, you got to have beer. So in the spirit of uh, of all of all the people that love beer out there, all the all the hop heads out there, we're doing it right today. So we'll get into that in a minute. But um, I want to start off with with Justin and, and, and our take and our angle today is. Starting starting businesses and, and going through a lot of stress, we talk about failure being a great teacher and falling and skinning your knees a little bit hurts in the moment, but it, it grows tougher skin, you know, over the long run. And and I know that you've been through that. And we we've had uh, many a discussion, you know, both at uh, at meetings uh, over a pint uh, as friends. As, as Christians, as a lot of different things. But, um, you know, I've seen some of your pain, you've seen some of my pain, and we've been able to grow in many ways together. But I want to hear from you and so people can get a better idea of who you are, you know, a little bit about your journey, uh, a little bit about yourself, your family. Give the listeners a little bit of an idea of who you are for the people that don't know you while I take a drink of this delicious beer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mine's already gone. You got to catch up, Joe. All right, I'm in. You know, my, we don't have enough time for my story, but but I'll give you what we you can. can. Go, you, can go, you can go quick, <laughs> quick version. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you know it, but, uh, it'd be fun to, to give a little peek for your listeners. Um, yeah, this was something that, that started as a almost unattainable goal in my head, uh, just as a home brewer. Right. So for me, it was, um, something that I, I always wanted to do, but I didn't know what it quite looked like. Um, it was back in she's 2009 or so 2010 back in Chicago, I started home brewing and fell in love with beer and, and what it what it did for people, right? It, it, the, the thing that I love even to this day, the most about beer is the fact that it's brought me to people like you and, and, you know, regulars in our tap room and equity partners that, that I've made throughout, you know, relationships I've made throughout this journey. And, and I saw that really early on that, uh, beer did that for people. It was, uh, it's the ultimate icebreaker. I, I've said that a thousand times. It's beer is the ultimate icebreaker. You know, if you, uh, if you meet somebody for the first time and you do you, you enjoy a beer and, and how they respond is, um, yeah, yeah, I'll have a beer. Okay, cool. Crack that beer. And man, all bets are off. The conversation is going to go anywhere you want it to go. Right. Mm -hmm. And I loved that about beer early on. And especially, man, for me, there was no joy, like, like that follow up to pouring somebody a beer that I had made. 
And, and I just kind of took that and ran with it. I had a business plan and, uh, we ended up in Cincinnati a few years after that business plan. I'd kind of tabled that. Um, we started a family. My wife and I were just married when I wrote that business plan. Um, and I don't think she was quite ready for, for, uh, that leap of faith, if you will, at the time. And so, you know, as time went on for me, I, I, I know a lot about who I am. You know, we talked a little bit before, before the, the mics went hot here about, about who I am today versus who I was five or six or even 10 years ago. And, and really Sonder has taught me that, um, to endless degree. I, I mean, for me, um, I learned relatively quickly in, in corporate America that I wasn't quite cut out for it. Um, and, uh, for a lot of reasons, I mean, I, you know, me, Joe, I, I have no problem telling you exactly how I feel. Um, we both wear a heart on our sleeve. Yeah, that's, that's for that's sure. Right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, I think that's why we get along so well and why, you know, one word you left out when you were, when you were building this up, you left out the word brother. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I truly feel like you're a brother of mine. That's something that, that, uh, I don't take lightly, right? That's, you are somebody that, that I can have an honest and real conversation with right away and then know that immediately when this conversation is done, guess what? We're going to have a beer and we're going to make sure that we're cool and we're good but you're going to get what's real out of me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to, to sugarcoat it. Um, I, I'm just not going to do that. It's just not who I am. And, and in a lot of ways, that's a great trait, great trait to have. Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of ways, it's not. Mm -hmm. And in uh, and, and one of those where, for me, I, I found a lot of challenges in corporate America with that because uh, the larger corporations in which I worked for, I was in food sales before this, which largely has helped us with the brewery um, forming relationships and being able to grow our business in places like Kroger and now Meyer coming soon and Target and places like that. My, my background there helped with that. Uh, but, um, I learned a lot in that, um, with those large corporations that sometimes you just got to kind of keep your mouth shut, uh, mm -hmm. or you just kind of got to go with the status quo. And that's just not who I am. I've never been the guy that goes with the status quo mm -hmm. and as witnessed by one of the largest startup breweries in the state of Ohio. And, um, there's a lot of risk with that. There's a lot of challenges. Um, certainly a global pandemic is one of them that, that we didn't see coming. Um, but I'm really happy to say, you know, if we would have had this, if we would have had this podcast a week ago, um, which we were planning to do, um, and, um, you know, schedules and other things pushed us to this week. Uh, you know, you mentioned the word Christian. I'm, I'm a man of faith. Um, and I believe God has a plan for a lot of things. If you if we would have had this podcast a week ago, my head was in a completely different space because we're coming off of um, what should be a time in which our business is is out of the uptrend of winter, and then oh by the way, we got the most snow we've had in Cincinnati in ten years. <laughs> and as we all know, that when you get an inch of snow in Cincinnati, the entire city shuts down. Yeah, I'm a dude that lived in Chicago for almost ten years, grew up in South Central Indiana, where we got more snow than we do here, and. My wife and I, my, we have four young kids. We love the snow. Um, and every year it's like we're seemingly asking for it. Like, man, I just want, I want one really big snowstorm for our kids. Let's take them sledding. Let's hang out in it. Except this year. And then, I need the taproom business this melt. year. And then melt. Yeah, that's and right. And let's melt right in that's, the 65-degree right. St. Patrick's Day. That's right. right? That's right. And, and I you, you know, and, and a lot of things are coming to my mind right now um, in what you're talking about because I'm always trying to be cognizant of the people that are listening. And the people I hope that are listening, and I talked about this last time, we got a lot of young people that have messaged me, say, I love what you're talking about, you know, and they, and they can relate to it. But 
this this particular message I want to go out to people that are trying to figure out like can I take a chance? Can I do something for myself? Can I be a business owner? Because it, I, I truly believe that being an entrepreneur, I, it's like a, it's like a sports analogy. You know, you can't teach size and speed. There's certain things you can't teach, sure. right? I think entrepreneurship is, is a lot like that I because too. I think it's, it's, it's a trait that you have already because not everybody can handle the, the, the volatility of it. And so there are times, and you know this, where you feel like you're on an island. I can relate to a lot of what you're going through right now because I've, I've been going through a, a really interesting time over the last month where um, I'm going to say this as, as, as cryptically as, as I can, um, that you know sometimes you don't get the answers that you feel like, you A, you deserve, B, that you've worked hard for, and C, that you thought were coming your way. Mm-hmm. And, and then you're the one left to deal with it. Even and I'm not I'm not minimizing Jen or Chase or Daniel or any anybody. I know you've got a great team. I love your team, by the way. And without them, you wouldn't be who you are. 100. Same with me. I wouldn't. But there are times where you feel like you're on an island, you know. And and those are lonely times. And not everybody can deal with that. But what the listeners may not know, and I think actually this is actually in five years when they're doing a documentary on Sonder Brewing because it's like <laughs> it went total. Uh, Ballast point, oh, right? Ballast you point, sell for yeah. a billion dollars billion and, dollar and I deal. never see you again, <laughs> you know, because you're living on your own island. And then they do the documentary on hey, Justin. Hey, if somebody wants to offer me a billion for Sonder, I, I just might sell out too. I, I don't know. I, that's with a B in case we're not saying <laughs> yeah. it right. And I Justin, have no intentions of selling, but a billion dollars is a lot of money. Everybody's got their number, <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and I will tell you that if you think Justin looks like Castaway now, I can imagine oh. what you would look like on your own island with a billion dollars. But, but what people don't realize and that they'll see the documentary but i'm telling you what's going to happen is they're going to they're going to see the success they already are like where you're at the sales the um uh there's a pending fda lawsuit that i'm filing because it's uh the their coffee beer cato is so addictive i can't get off of it so i think i should maybe (laughs) file a suit but uh that's a joke by the way for those of you that don't have a good sense of humor uh is that you guys secured your entire business model everything soup to nuts the land, the building, the construction loan, the equity partners, everything without people taking one sip of your final product. That's true. That's that's an actual statement. You yeah. sell beer. Yeah. And people bought in. And that's what I want people to hear. You guys out there, young people especially, you're going to think I'm being mean to you, but look in the mirror and be accountable for a second, okay? Because without accountability and self-awareness, it is impossible to improve. Okay? Those are true. Those are true statement, Okay. You want to you want to spreadsheet everything and finalize every little. It reminds me of the internship mm-hmm. exchange gram. You put it on the line <laughs> right away. You take a picture. It's on the line, like you know Vince Vaughn and 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 Will Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson are coming up with these ideas over these wizards because they realize it wasn't about perfecting the thing. It was about having the idea right and having the the the, the, the tenacity and the vision and the dream and then backfilling it with, with with what you need to do. You did that. Tell me a little bit about that journey and how hard that was. But I want to know, really, did did you ever even think, like, we need to show the beer? Because I don't even think you even mentioned it because you didn't need to. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, um, I'm glad you brought that up. And then one thing you brought up, which falls right in, in line with what you're talking about, is my team that's in place, right? Um, I know the things I'm good at. I know the gifts God has blessed me with. Um, and then I know the things that I'm not great at. Um, for example, I was a home brewer. I'd never brewed on anything more than 20 gallons at a time. I have this idea for a really good beer, but I've never done it on 30 barrels at a time. So finding Chase was integral to that, right? Finding somebody that I knew could run the team. And oh, by the way, 
fit the family that that I wanted Sonder to be in this culture and this environment that I wanted the brewery to be. So so finding him was great. You know, I I think I think it often goes unstated or unsaid how much fit matters. You can have the greatest vision in the world, Joe, but if you don't have the right people around you to execute execute that vision, it's never going to matter. That's why there's four letters in grit, right? That's right. That's right. Here's the thing. Uh, you have to have the right people, but you have to fit with those people too. There's a lot of great brewers in the world. By the grace of God, I was introduced to Chase, and Chase and I just fit right away. He's a brother, mm-hmm. and uh, he's somebody that I know is going to be in the trenches with me running this thing forever. Mm-hmm. Um, Jen. Jen and, and I's personality fit. It worked, um, and she runs our brand. Um, you know what I'm not great at? Being an artist. Mm-hmm. But she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel. Daniel had his background for sales, and and I'm I, I have a background in sales, uh, but I was never going to be able to run our sales to where it needed to be, and also operate as the president of the company. So I had to find the right people, and fortunately, we have, in my opinion, the best team in beer, and and with the right vision, it all came together. So. You know, the bigger piece for me, you asked about that journey of finalizing the deal and getting everything ready before we even had beer ready. It's really about just getting the right people and ready. Mm-hmm. Once I had the right people ready, everybody could see the passion that we have, right? I, I don't know. You could probably speak to this being on the other side, uh, being in your basement. For me, there was never a doubt. There was never a doubt what we were going to be. Um, and we're, by the way, we're not even there yet, mm-hmm. right? We're on the cusp of it. We were on the cusp of a breakout, a top four brewery in Cincinnati last March when we were forced to shut down. Well, here we are 12 months later. It's basically like we hit pause, um, and, and it feels like we're uh, slowly unpausing uh, as the world sees some sort of normalcy again. But for me, there was never a doubt of what this team could do. It was finding the right people that had the same vision. Mm-hmm. I could find a great brewer, but... If that brewer didn't have the same vision that I had, it wouldn't have mattered, and that was Chase, right? And then finding somebody that had the the right vision for what our sales team was going to be. Well, Daniel fit that perfectly, right? Jen, finding how do we incorporate – I mean, this often goes unthought um, or or certainly untalked about is how much our brand is integrated into this community – you know, when, when people talk about our beer, they talk about the brands of our beer, and and that's a huge accomplishment. It takes some companies two, three, four, ten years to establish a brand. They say it takes 2.8 uh, views of something for it to be a memory in your mind. So for us, it was how do we get something that takes three times, that, that you can see three times, and mm-hmm. you just remember it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we've done a great job of that. You know, the other piece, the, the, I think the other, the, the final piece of that is we had to find the right people to be a part of the journey with us. We say all the time, the Sonder family. I don't, I don't refer to any of my employees as employees. They're team members. We're on a team. When I address our equity partners, when I address our team, it's family. Because, man, you want to know, you want to know, uh, how to really, how to really uh, change Thanksgiving? Treat your family like crap, mm-hmm. right? 
But if you don't and you have a great Wait a family. Minute, you're not supposed to do that at Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that's what Thanksgiving was for. Dep- it depends how many hundo peas you've had. <laughs> how many right, peas yeah. you've had. No, but if I you, know what you mean. Yeah. If you, if you, and you know this, this is the culture of this place. This is mm-hmm. what, what this is like. When you walk down the hallway, if people are saying hi to you and, 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 and people know that you're a part of their family, mm-hmm. then it changes the culture from within, right? Yep. Use the example all the time of, uh, for, for anything. I could find any way to use this analogy. If you hold a firecracker in your fist and a firecracker explodes, it's going to blow your hand off. Mm-hmm. It's a firecracker, right? It's this big, but it'll right. blow your hand off. Mm-hmm. If you light it and hold it in your open palm, it's just going to blow up and you'll get a couple burns, mm-hmm. right? It's the same way that the analogy that takes place here is with the family. If you treat this like a family from within, then, yeah, it makes for tough conversations and tough decisions, uh, but you get a lot of people who buy into that. And for, for us, we have a large number of equity partners that helped us do this journey mm-hmm. and uh, business partners, yeah. right? And... I had to tell people no. I told many people no, actually. And I still am telling people no. We're not offering any more units at this point. But mm-hmm. but I, I told people no because from the beginning, it just didn't feel like somebody that, that felt like my family. Right. Um, and that truly has made a huge difference in where we are today. And it made a difference then. Mm-hmm. Right? When you when you sit down, it's like I think about it like uh, like coaching or recruiting. When you sit in somebody's living room and you tell them, hey, I want you to come. I, 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 granted, I, I wasn't recruited. I was not nearly good enough. Oh, come on. Don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> if Nick Saban would have been sitting on my couch. He just didn't know you. Okay. <laughs> that's right. That's so, right. Yeah. You're a Notre Dame guy. Charlie Weiss. Yes. Right? Uh, Lou Holtz. Let's use Lou Holtz, <laughs> Lou Holtz, the master recruiter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If Lou Holtz would have been sitting on my couch, I would want to believe everything he's saying. Yep. And if I didn't believe him and I didn't feel like he had authentic convic- conviction, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to go play for Notre Dame. Yep. It's the same thing when I'm sitting in people's basement or, or having a conversation with them. If they didn't believe me, they probably weren't going to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Right? And oh, by the way, that holds me accountable today. It's the same reason that we have to have the conversations that we have. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, and that matters. That and was I, a big piece of it. A couple things is, you know, I talked to you a little bit earlier about kind of going through a weird time right now, you know, here, because because I decided that I knew what the vision was. And as you know, when you have a vision, you don't you don't look two steps ahead of you. The first thing you do is actually you look 10 steps behind you to learn from it. Mm-hmm. And then you figure out what 10 steps ahead look like. And there might be some temporary pain there. But I think what happens a lot, and this isn't just my business, or anybody that I, that I work with here in my office or any, anywhere else, is I use the example of how you bought, you had people buying into you, literally and figuratively buying into you, without even knowing what your product or your business model was. I, I mean, you had an RF, or a, uh, yeah, RFP, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you had to. Mm-hmm. I'll bet you that's not even close to what the reality was, right? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, how do you work an 80% standard deviation into an RFP, right, right? Right. So it's like, it's cool that you lay it out, but it's not reality. I think you did it right. And what I mean by that is you, people were buying you and your vision and your leadership, knowing that all the other things will work out, right? Mm-hmm. Like for me in my business, mm-hmm. if it's products or partnerships or things that I'm doing in my business, that stuff can be worked out because in reality, they're all pretty similar, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the difference is, 
the culture, the family, the environment, you're going to work every day at a place. Mm-hmm. So why would I make a decision on my everyday life based on one little aspect of a product that I might be selling or a piece of technology I might be using? That makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. And, and it might be okay because it's natural selection. So people that don't think like you, maybe it's not a good fit anyway. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you were able to do that without without even showing the real model, right? Because it changed. Sure. Your distribution sure. model is way different now than it was in 16, sure. right? On paper. Sure. And not only that, but your, your, your whole beer vision has changed. The amount of beers that you guys actually can put on the board, and I do want the listeners to learn a little bit more about your process and some of the staple beers that you guys have and everything else. The, the thing I wanted to touch on, you know, kind of moving forward is you and I have a little bit of, of, of a, I'll call it a disposition because, um, you know, secretary at Seabiscuit, some of these horses that were so strong and such good runners. Do you know what one of the biggest fears of the, of, of the trainers of those horses always was in training? That they were going to kill themselves before they got to the race. The heart was going to explode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Isn't that crazy to think about? Yeah. And, and then when Secretariat, the greatest racehorse of all time, in my opinion, died, they actually, you know, usually they bury the heart in the head, and that's what they do. Secretariat was actually buried intact, one of the few horses that, that was buried intact. And they did realize, though, through autopsy, that its, its heart was way bigger than other racehorses, naturally. Kind of like how Michael Phelps was made to be a swimmer and blah, blah, sure. blah, right? But you and I are a little bit like a racehorse. And I don't know if you've ever had this, but for me, and I, and, 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 Here's my reasoning for bringing this up. If you go back to 16, where you are now was just a dream. You would have killed, even with your stress right now, you would have killed to be where you are right now in 16 Mm -hmm. because that means your dream became a reality. And it doesn't feel real until it's completely done. Right. 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 But in that moment, I guarantee you had endless nights where you're like, am I, am I leading people down a path that maybe can't work? Sure. Like how many times did you have that doubt where you had to rely on your conviction to power through it and wake up like, heck yeah, it's going to work. Yeah. This is a good plan. But you have that doubt. What pulls you out of that doubt? How many of those moments did you have? Oh, I still have those moments. And while you're answering, sorry, hold on. My- one, two. Oh, man, that was a good, that was a we good We still cry. have one hanging around here somewhere. I okay, mind. you and I are going to share this one too. So. <laughs> All right. There it is. You're holding out there on we me, go. weren't you? You were trying to keep it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I still have those moments, Joe. I still do. Um, real quick, the last thing I'll touch on before we get into this is the other piece that I think uh, helped with getting us to where we are today and, and getting people to see the vision was that our, our vision for Sonder has always been to be a community center. It's always been to be a place where I, I use this line. I have now used it for five straight years. We want Sonder to be. We wanted it then, and we still want it to be a place where Mom and dad bring their kids during the day and they come back for a date night. We've always wanted it to be that. And I've done that like seven times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seven yeah. this month. <laughs> yeah. we, 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 we have a lot of people that, that are like that, right? And, and there was a, a, a true desire for that and a need for that in Mason, Ohio, in Warren County, Ohio. And, and um, it's been really cool to see that come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me... You know, I, I still I still go to bed many nights wondering what's what's next for my team, what's next for Sonder, what's next for um the the brewery and the community and, and what are we doing? And you know, they're a little less sleepless now than they were certainly when we started up, because to your point, 
there was a, a two year span where I had started raising funds and, and doing all these things before we served a beer to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I always knew that our beer was good and I always knew that the community would love it, but what if I was wrong? Mm-hmm. Right. That's mm-hmm. what, you know, I doubt creeps in a little sure. bit, you know, for sure. Yeah. And, and by the way, that that's something that happens for everyone. And for those that say it doesn't, you're lying. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there, it doesn't matter how confident you are. It doesn't matter um, how strong you are. I am, I am a very firm believer that everybody has those moments. Mm-hmm. And by the way, those moments are what make us stronger, right? Absolutely. Um, and that also shapes who's around you. Mm-hmm. When you have a moment of doubt or you have a moment of insecurity or a moment of weakness even, call it whatever you want, the people that are around you that, that build you up, both personally and professionally, that matters. Mm-hmm. You know, having the right people around you to lift you up matters. And this is my personal favorite. You're going to love this one yeah. because, man, I'm kind of in the, in, the, in the heat of this right now in my life. So I'm like, my personal favorite. And, and Justin, I can tell you this. I would bet a, a, a dollars to donuts that you hear the same thing I hear. Oh, that Justin, man, he's a great visionary, great businessman, great communicator, but lacks the detail and execution. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you know what's funny about that? So we're talking about authentic conviction. And I always have to remind people, don't, don't ever confuse me for someone that's not paying attention because I'm paying attention yep. and I got a lot more detail than, than you think I do. Yep. But in this life, there's one bucket that has a finite amount of space. And if I dump something in on this side, something's going to pour out the other side. It's the gumball machine reference. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I choose to put my focus to my long suits, not my short suits. Because I've made the decision to surround myself with people that buy into my vision and understand how to be organized and execute because that's what they love to do. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the irony of it. The people that will say that they are super organized and super detailed. And by the way, this isn't a, an indictment on any one or the other. It's not a right or wrong. No, there's okay? plenty of personality. There's plenty of personality uh, tests and studies you can do. There's a reason that there's four different colors in the color test. There's Enneagram. Strength, strength finder. There's, yeah, there's nine numbers in the nine, Enneagram. Yeah, right. There's strength, strength finder as I think 117 characteristic traits. Um, you know, there, there's a reason that those aren't all one thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You, you talked about it early on, on the entrepreneurship. If you're not, and by the way, I, the reason that not everyone does this is because it's really hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked about not being cut out for corporate America I, th- I mean, I would like to think at this point I was cut out for this, but to your point, man, th- there are many times where, uh, I don't know, uh, if my heart can handle anymore or not. Right. right. I mean, there's plenty of times like that. Uh, but, but do you fall, do you fall back on a spreadsheet or your organization in those moments or do you fall back on your conviction and your, right. and your passion and your, when I look, I don't even know how to answer when somebody says that. Cause I'm like, number one. You know, you, you don't get where we are without being a little organized and understanding that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but I will tell you, and and I love I, I love Gary V. One day I want to have my my moment with you because Gary Gary Vaynerchuk is actually he has not single handedly he's had a huge part in transforming how I'm able to communicate my thoughts because they've always been in there but yeah. they come out but he's like he said multiple occasions the the over organizing and the over uh, 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 systematizing is so overrated. Yeah. A lot of things, a lot of, there's, there's so much technology and so many people that can do a lot of those things, but you know, there's not a lot of, 
you know, you do the comparison between a, 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 a I have a good friend of mine who's a, a cardiac surgeon, right? And I probably need his number, you know, just to be well, safe. Well, I already told him, like, Doc, <laughs> it, it, I hope you see me in, uh, on my feet and not on my back. Yeah, yeah. Because that means you're doing you're doing things to me. But, you know, who who's who's playing a, a more important role early on in the process, the diagnosis or the person that's cutting and selling the pills, right? The, the surgeon diagnoses and operates. The pharmacist is just prescribing pills. I think having a vision and understanding your conviction if I had to trade it off for being super organized or being a visionary and entrepreneur for me, and that's different for everybody. There's not many people that do both. They think they do, but they're I, not. Good I actually at it. read a book less than a year ago, or maybe actually probably two years ago now um, that there have been a lot of studies of the human brain and, and business and leadership and things like that. Uh, that this book uh, was, con- it was done by a um, psychologist who claims that, uh, less than one percent of the human population, right? So, so what is there? Uh, seven billion, three hundred million people in America. Yeah, about seven seven, bi- seven yeah. billion on yep. the planet. So, so less than one percent of those seven billion people um, are born with the ability to be high functioning in both high organization and and that side of the brain and. Uh, entrepreneurial and leadership. So Mm -hmm. that's why, again, back to what I was saying earlier, for me, it was having the right people in place. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I like to think I'm organized. I'm certainly to your point, I'm, I'm organized enough to, to know what I need to do to get the business to, to, to continue to operate. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not nearly as organized as say my wife is or some of the other people on our team. I have, uh, by the way, multiple people on, on my team, who I haven't even talked about that I would not be able to do my job at the ability that I am without having their uh, insight and right handedness for me to keep going. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, I, I don't, I don't take that as a fault. It's, it's certainly a weakness that I can improve upon, but that's how I was born and the abilities I was blessed with. Right. And, and um, to your point on, on um, the, the organization and, and all of those things, I'm organized enough, um, but I know I know that um, I'm able to lead the company in the way that the company needs me to do. Uh, and then we have people that can keep me organized mm-hmm. <laughs> and keep other people organized, including you know our company as a whole. You know, so so it's not that you're we're not intelligent, or we wouldn't be where we are mm-hmm. because it takes intelligence to drive confidence, sure. or vice versa. But I think that the entrepreneur spirit is is one that, um, so I recently had my house painted. Follow me, I'm going somewhere with okay. this. And they bring, and it was a lot of paint. It was a sure. lot of rooms, sure, Justin. And I'm like, I cannot believe this is happening right now. Yeah. And it was this place called One Day Painting. Wow, One Day Plain- Painting. They were awesome, by the way. Dusty, my man Dusty at Wow. It, they were incredible. They painted your house in a day. It took three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But most projects they do in one, okay? But- it, it was, there was a lot of detail and my, you know, my wife had a great vision and late blah, 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 the rest is history. Okay. We hadn't done anything since we moved in over a year ago, mm-hmm. but there was one person, she was so sweet too. And so patient. All she did was cut in. Okay. Do you know easy that made, she, she would cut in. Okay. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And then move to the next spot. Yeah. She never filled in the paint. Yeah. That's us. Yeah. And it's not that we don't know how to put a roller on and do the rolling. Yeah. It's that we don't, it's, we, it's not that we're disorganized, but we are so visionary 
that we can't stop our minds from moving to the next thing. But oh, by the way, you'll roll the pain if you need to. I know exactly how to roll it. I know right. how to, and by the way, if I don't, I'll figure it out. Yeah. And, and so how do you balance that? Because I know you, you, you've got to be a little bit of everything. You're a Swiss army knife yeah. there. Yeah. Do you have a way of prioritizing those things where you know that the right plates are spinning and, and, and the wrong ones aren't falling down? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So for me, um, you know, it, it, as a business, um, for us, I, I kind of categorize things in two buckets to start right away. Um, so for me, it's revenue and then it's, it's, uh, culture and organization, uh, organization, meaning the company, not, not organized. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and those two things, sometimes they meet perfectly and it's great. And sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. And I know that I, I have a lot of responsibility to, uh, 40 other families based on team members within our organization. So, um, first and foremost, when I look at things and I make decisions, uh, the first the first question is, uh, is this driving revenue? Um, it, so specifically, you know, the plate spinning for Sonder is is what I'm speaking about now, right? Is this driving revenue for Sonder? And and if so, and oh by the way, it's a great fit for what our team environment is. All right, yeah, let's move with it on the decision tree, right? Mm -hmm. Done. I don't need to go any further down the decision tree. Mm -hmm. If, if it's uh, something that we see long-term value in or long-term equity and um, it maybe doesn't drive revenue right away, well, then the next thing I have to prioritize is, all right, what does this look like for the culture of our company? Is this something that we want to move forward with? If so, okay, uh, we'll evaluate. And then I kind of move down that way. If you're talking about plates in my life, so you talked about you have uh, all of the different uh, entrepreneurial ideas that you have going on right now. So for me, um, how I prioritize all of those is very similar. I just look at it, um, right, wrong, or indifferent. This is sometimes a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing, but oftentimes I have to view my life like I'm the CEO of, of the household, right? I'm the CEO. That's exactly of what I tell my clients. Yeah. You yeah. are your own enterprise. That's right. You should have your own P and L your own decision-making as it drives your enterprise. Mm -hmm. And people don't do it. I think it's great that you do. Yeah. And, and then, so then the same way I just described it for Saunders is, is the way I, I do it for my life, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Is, is this decision that I need to pull the lever on um, driving revenue for my family? Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe not. So, all right. Is it something that's going to help the culture of my family? Is it going to hurt that? If it's going to hurt both, then I may have to just, I may have to just peel back for a while, right? I, I found myself, this was right before you and I had met. This was in 2000. 15. So it was right before, actually, it's probably early 2016 because we had started the early workings of the brewery. I was working my other job at the time. We were launching the brewery. I was leading a ministry for our church. We were pregnant with our fourth child. We had all of these things going on. Um, actually, at that time, I think it was the third child. I'm not, I have loose count now. You have like, you have like 12, don't yeah, you? I have a gaggle of them. Uh, <laughs> four, but a yeah, pride. It, it feels like 12. Yeah, I have a pride. The meth pride. <laughs> Um, and, and I just remember, I just, I was all in all consumed. This was the moment when I realized that I needed to find some sort of prioritization and I needed to find, um, some way of dealing with it. Um, I was, this is a true story. I found myself, uh, under my desk at work where I was at the time breathing into a paper bag. Um, I thought I was going to die. You and I, uh, and interacted pretty soon after that. And I remember you looking Nearfield at Nearfield Village. That's right. 
Um, locker room, the awesome locker room. Yeah, yeah it's it's dope. And that I'll bet you that that took away from your enjoyment. For sure. Because your cortisol levels had to be for sure absolutely astronomical, which worried me, you know. But you know what? You, you and, it, it, and, I, and we talk about all the time how there can be strength and vulnerability, great strength and vulnerability, because what comes after that is you getting better, yep. right? For sure. And you had that moment right there. Yeah. And I can only hope that after that moment, maybe it alleviated some of it. You know, it was like a 10 minute. I mean, don't, for those of you that are trying to picture this, you know, we were fully clothed. <laughs> we didn't just get out of the shower, whipping people with the towel, you know, after no, a long was, round uh, of golf. We hadn't even started playing yet, nope. but we saw each other before the round because we pull our stuff in there and, and the Mirfield locker room looks like a Marriott. Yeah. And so we happened to cross paths and, and uh, it, it was just a moment of, Man, you know, I can see the stress in your... I brought it to, up to you. You did. You brought it up to me. I, I didn't bring it I see it in your face. Yeah. yeah. And you just let it go. And then, and then I think from that point forward, correct me if I'm wrong, your life really started to, 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 to get to a better place because you were getting clarity. I think clarity, we always say clarity conquers chaos. I mean, your clarity, I think, was what helped you with that because you started to attack things the right way. I, I love to read. I'm a big reader. Um, I read many leather bound books. That's right. I, okay. my, my, uh, ooh, I can say this cause I live in an apartment right now while we're building our house. My rich apartment mahogany. smells of rich mahogany. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't actually. It smells like poopy diapers and, <laughs> and four children and rich corn. <laughs> that's, that's right. Okay. All right. Uh, there you go. I read a, I read a book close to that time, uh, right after recommended to me by a friend, but it was right after i had had that panic attack moment under my desk. Uh, it was called the dip, uh, by Seth Godin and, uh, basically this, this book was revolutionary to my leader, my future leadership journey. When I realized at that moment, it's the, it's the gumball theory, um, or whatever you, however you want to use this. But every time you say yes to something, you say no to something else. And that can be as simple as, Hey, I'm going to say yes to watching this television show right now, but that means I'm saying no to sleep. Mm-hmm. Or I'm saying yes to this podcast right now, which means I'm saying no to being at my desk doing some work right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say yes to uh, this project that you and I are about to embark upon uh, together with our organizations. And that means I'm going to say no to some work during the day, which means I'm going to have to say yes to some work at night and no to maybe a date night with my wife. Right. Yep. But I think there's this idea that I can just keep saying yes to everything. That was me. I was saying yes to everything because I knew I was a good leader and I knew I had this vision and I knew that I wanted to do this. But all, all the while, I'm saying yes to everything else and I'm crumbling on the inside. And, and, and I had to learn this. And I think about this today. This is the plate spinning. Sometimes it's okay to say no. And there's power in no, but people don't see that. Mm-hmm. People think that if I say no, I've either lost my opportunity for future partnerships or I've lost this relationship or I've lost this. I would say several things coming out of that. If you lose something from that, sometimes that's okay. I, I, I think, I think the, at, at the heart of that, at the core of that is an unfair expectation that we put on ourselves. When you are a highly capable communicator and you and I are fixers, we want everybody to feel good. Mm-hmm. We want everybody. I used to say, you know, we, we want everybody to like us. I, and I've kind of succumbed to the fact, and that's part of what this authentic conviction movement is, is that I'm going to focus more on being me. And if you like me, cool. If not, then it wasn't a good fit, but I at least know I'm true to myself. 
And that's a huge thing, especially for young people to hear. Yeah. In an Instagram world, right? Or whatever the heck people are using. Chasing the hearts, man. You're chasing the likes. Yeah. And and it's like, instead of, you know, so highly effective communicators and people like us that are somewhat amiable, we would agree that it's, it's, it's unfair for us to place an expectation on us that, that your happiness is my responsibility. That's right. That's, that's the wrong well to, to, to drink from. Mm-hmm. instead of saying your happiness and your success is your responsibility. I really want it. I'd like to have an help create an environment that can get you there, but it's not my responsibility. That's good. And that's key. So uh, in the minutes that we have here, uh, before you go pick up your 19 kids uh, from, from uh, the various schools and daycares that they're at. <laughs> um, and let me, and by the way, shout out to your lovely wife. Oh, she's a saint. I love her. She's I saint. really do. I, we don't get to hang out much, but yeah. I would say this about your whole team. You know, it, it, the, your whole team, Brad, Jen, Daniel, uh, Chase, Haley, uh, Liz, I mean, all of your whole team, all yeah. your Barts, all your group, you know, um, I, I truly, you've created a place that uh, we're literally going to be there in an hour Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and doing some marketing promo stuff for the building too. But like what you've built is special, man. Thank you. And, and, and um, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, me too. I can't wait to drink many more Kato's there <laughs> and shout out to my man, Kato, who the beer That's is right. named after. That's right. We just, and, we just recorded our podcast about Kato with Brad and Jen. I so love that, it. That hits next week. So Cato plays basketball with my son, Tommy, and they just wrapped up a two-year undefeated middle school. Not one loss. Man, that group is a special group. I'm telling you, Kings High School basketball in the next couple of years is going to be ridiculous. Um, So uh, uh, briefly, and I know you got to go, so I want to spend a couple minutes. um, I want you so when they go on the line to look up Sonder online, on the line (laughs) to find you, where where do they go? What are some of the, the staple beers? Some of the ones I've talked to a little bit. We're drinking one of, of the new ones right now, but give it give, yeah. Give, let's give us a quick commercial on the best on the best uh, uh, brewery in North America. <laughs> North America, I like it. I'll take it. Uh, Sonderbrewing.com. So we're on all of the the major social media platforms. So obviously Instagram, um, Facebook, Twitter, on the uh, line. Yeah, on the line. Okay. Danny Harold runs that for us, and he does such a phenomenal job. I mean, he is incredibly gifted and uh, just adds to the list of the incredible talent that we have uh, within our organization. I actually, Danny and I knew each other from a past life. Uh, We both worked together at our previous, uh, at my previous company. And I remember telling him pretty early on, like, dude, you're incredibly talented. I'm going to, I'm going to bring you to Sonder one day. Uh, And it is, is pretty cool when that came to fruition and and, vision. uh, Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was cool. Uh, and now he runs our social media. He's on Jen's team, okay. on the marketing team, does a great job. So he runs all of that for us. Sonder Stories uh, is our podcast. So mm-hmm. we record every week. We try to record every week. Sometimes we miss. Uh, but that's where, where wherever you can get podcasts. So, you know, Spotify or Apple Pods, uh, any of those, um, you can get our podcast there. The cool thing about what what we're doing, which is what people can get from Authentic Conviction, is – uh, we offer a space, a media outlet, a platform where we can be us. We can be really real. Um, we have always felt like from the beginning, you know, our, our whole vision, our mission statement is uniquely crafting high quality beer for everyone. Um, and all of our beers tell a story. The word Sonder literally means every person has a story. I was going to say, how do we go to the end of the podcast? We haven't said yeah. that. So Say that again so, so they hear it again. So the, the, by definition, the word Sonder is the realization that each random person, each random passerby, 
is living a life as vivid and complex as you are. And there is so much power and beauty in that definition. I fell in love with that. And that's what Sonder means. If you really want to boil it down, it means all people are uniquely crafted. And authentic. That's right. Wow. We just put that together. We didn't even plan that. Come on. All right. (laughs) So we trademarked that. We trademarked uniquely crafted. Uniquely crafted is, is something that we feel really strongly about. Our beers are uniquely crafted just like our people are, just like all people are. Mm -hmm. So the podcast for us has become a space where we're able to share those stories and not just the stories of our beer, but the stories of our people and people in our community. It's Mm -hmm. become a really cool space. So yeah, that's, that would be, honestly, I would tell people if you listen to podcasts at all, obviously your listeners do start there. That's how you're going to learn the most about Sonder because that's where uh, Danny Harold and I host that podcast and we bring people on every week uh, and just share who we are. We drop little notes in there. So, so we'll, we'll let people know before we do uh, officially on social media when new beers are coming and things like mm-hmm. that. So that's kind of fun. We just had like a new tap Tuesday. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you betcha is our top selling beer. Yeah. Um, it's about 35% of our sales. Um, total, total, it's going up. It'll, I would Im- imagine, uh, it with new markets that we're heading into, I can't say much right now, but, uh, our beer will be available potentially across the state line soon. And, uh, as that expands, I would imagine that you betcha just continues to, to grow as what, what will be our staple. Um, it already kind of is. What would you say is your most addictive beer? Oh, it's definitely Cato for sure. <laughs> yeah. We put crack cocaine in it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, if you, when you file a lawsuit, I mean, it's we might No have to. wonder I want to drink nine of them and talk really quick and say, oh, do you like this? This is yeah. really good beer. Have you ever tried this beer? This beer gives me energy. I don't think it's just the coffee. Someone else is in this beer. This is really good. I love Cato. I love Cato. I love Cato. <laughs> For those that, uh, like you said, for those that don't get that joke, uh, we don't actually put crack cocaine. In, and it's in not Kato. highly addictive. It's just highly tasty. Oh, no, it's addictive. <laughs> okay. Touche. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, uh, our year-round beers are, are uh, you betcha, Voss, Blanc, and Record Hop. Those four beers. Um, and, and Cato is available year-round on draft. Mm-hmm. And we drop it in cans a couple times a year. So, also, I want to I finish up talking about this because we are um, – Oh my gosh, I'm so excited yeah. about this. So I don't know how much are you going to share here. I don't know. Uh, so so my partnership uh, VC five one three has uh, has partnered with some really good members of our community to uh, create a, a new limited liability partnership that purchased the building that basically shares a parking lot with Sonder. Yep. And the vision actually came with many conversations between Justin and I about mm-hmm. that building. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to operate my office uh, and my own space that I had ownership of. And I didn't want to do it in just the right amount of space, which for me is, you know, almost 10,000 square feet. So we end up now we'll have about 30,000 square feet in this building with a, uh, a co-working space in it that's going to be second to none. An event space that can hold things as, as much as a 200-person wedding or a, an 80-person, you know, team-building event, right? But a custom tap room adjacent to the Sonder Brewing Area for Sonder along with a, a variety of amenities, including a bourbon and cigar conference room, a golf simulator conference room, a, a rooftop area that people can can enjoy their Sonder beer during an event. There's just so much going on, and we are going to launch a marketing initiative with Sonder. And so I'll let you kind of take some of the areas we talked about on how we're going to do that. If you want to share some of the things, not too much, but a little bit some of the things that your people can know what the word revel is. I was about to say, I didn't know if you were going to go there. I was going to say, well, you're really taking the the opportunity to revel in this idea. Ah, right? we could, yeah, let's do this for a minute here. 
because I'm reveling in your ideas. Uh, so the building name is Revel. I'm just going to revel in the opportunity to speak I, about this here. And I'm going to crush a Revel hop. So Revel is the name of the building, and it's going to be multi-use, multifunctional. But the beauty of it is, is most multi-use, multifunctional spaces don't communicate with one another. Mm-hmm. We're actually, every parcel of this building actually works together. And that's the beauty of it is it is is separate pieces. As we say, the aggregate is greater than the sum of the parts, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, hence the word revel. But um, some of the ideas I'll let you share because a lot of them were yours, but some of the things that we can look for in, in the coming months to get this marketing engine going for the new building. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a huge opportunity coming out of this pandemic. Um, I think a lot of people are realizing a couple of things, right? They need community. Um, and... Uh, and they can do their job from anywhere, right? I think uh, for a lot of people, not for everyone, right? Uh, those two things uh, are what Revel is going to create for people. It's this opportunity where uh, you can do your job remotely at this location. Um, and then, oh, by the way, if you want to walk down the stairs and grab a beer or walk across the street and grab a beer, you could potentially do that. Um, we, for us have had uh, this need for a long time for additional space to be able to host events. Um, and, you know, we, we close the tap room from time to time for events. Uh, we have a tent over, over the turf from time to time. Um, what, what you and your team are doing in this building is creating a space where people can feel like they're having their event um, at or near a brewery. Um, and still feel like it's a really cool space and not just uh, the stuffy old event center. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm excited about. Um, and oh, by the way, even without the event, so let's say you don't have an event there, it's still going to be a really cool space where you can come in and have a beer and or do your job and or be at a golf simulator. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even like if for you, having your, your what we think right now, and, and this could morph, right? But yeah. having your exclusive sour brewing and or small batch brewing, which is, I think is so cool. Yeah. But it's going to be in the heart of uh, like our co-working space, being able to overlook and see that production. Yeah, we'll have something there, whether it's uh, just barrel aging or it's uh, sour wort fermentation or production of some kind. It's going to be really cool to have something there. We don't, I mean... Man, the possibilities are endless of what we could do. I, I've thrown out about 50,000 things, and you know, eventually one or two of them will stick on the wall. Mm-hmm. That's the world you and I live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it is a cool idea for us to be able to, to have some additional space because we're out of space in our current facility. But then be able to try the product, right, in the tap That's room. Right. a whole idea. I remember That's going right. to uh, Elevator Brewing and some of these other places where like, they have their operation, but then they have – my favorite was their garage. Yeah. Right, like you right, go right. in their garage space and it's like you sit down and try all their small ba- the small batch stuff. So really excited, man. This is yeah, going to be too. an awesome project. It's going to feed one another. And uh, more than anything, I will just tell you that, um, first of all, I appreciate you you taking the time to do this. Yeah, thanks uh, for having your me. Your leadership, what you've done in the, in the city of Mason and the world of brewing and the, and, the, and the families that you've impacted, you know, by having a place, you know, it's, it's kind of like cheers, you know? Yeah. Uh, but you created a place, uh, you know, the whole cheers thing is that where everybody knows your name. But honestly, yeah. when I walk into, into Sonder, now I, I do some work for you. You know, I work with you guys a lot and I do some uh, financial planning for a lot of your people. But it's like, it's such a friendly look. You Thank always you. get some good eye contact and yeah. response. And that's a culture and a culture is not a coincidence. 
And that was built from leadership. So, um, what you've built is amazing. And it's, it's something that, that, um, I get to revel in frequently and you should revel in this beer and cheers. I'm going to, I'm going to revel in this beer and just say, uh, I appreciate your time. This is, this has been one of my favorite episodes, man. I appreciate you. you. And I'm looking forward to what's ahead of us, my man. So cheers. Cheers.